We have so much anxiety about like reaching out for the first time. Like, am I a weirdo if I text this person that I met at a bar last night? You know, like, why do we get their number? Hey guys, welcome back to I'm the Villain. Today, we're going to be talking about the ways that millennials communicate and kind of how that's changed, especially with all these influences like social media and, you know, just phone culture and like, you know, having so many of your interactions be mediated by screens and stuff like that. So um, today we're going to be talking with Simone Miles. So Simone, why don't you just tell us whatever you think would be pertinent for the audience to know about you? About me, yeah, um, everything. She's a fellow <laughs> podcaster. So yeah, so I am the host of the Nice to Meet You podcast, which I um, just posted on Instagram today. That we have fifty episodes out. It's actually fifty two, but I kind of missed the milestone. Congratulations! Yes. <laughs> We're here. Isabel was actually on one of the recent episodes too, so you can check that out. And I'm an advocate of meeting people in person, and you know, networking and communicating, and um, that's why I'm on this episode. So cool. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation because I I just I think you're like no, you're the second podcaster that we've talked to, but I always like just like talking about communications focused things with other podcasters. Definitely. I mean cuz like our whole like what business is just communication, talking, yeah, right. having people listen, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so tell us kind of your uh shtick about uh, you know Friendship. what you feel about <laughs> yeah, about like how we're socializing, you know. I think we are socializing more than we ever have, but not quite in the ways that we should be. I think we've stepped away from like personal communication into like, I guess like what broadcast communication. And when I say that, I obviously don't mean podcast because I have one. Um, but I mean, in like the ways that we like think about like social media and like, um, think about like Instagram, mm -hmm. you post a picture, your friends comment, and then they like it, whatever. And like, that's like kind of like a communication, but even we can look at Twitter and Facebook, where it's just like, I'm gonna shout this thing out to the world and people will like it and people will respond to it instead of being like, you know, let me call this person, let me show up at their house, let me text them and like say like, actually like, how are you doing instead of like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we definitely don't do that personalized any kind of like, you know, like no one, no one writes holiday cards or anything like nobody really, yeah. you know, does that. I mean, no one even really like writes any kind of long form thing to each other except for like, I guess, long text messages. Like, do you email people? No, right? No. Like, I think you got to send a text. We like we email to coordinate the podcast. I'm like, that's the most emailing you do. <laughs> that's the most emailing and like for work, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think I agree, but also I guess like the flip side to that is I do think that more connectivity is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I guess I, I often find myself like wanting to have more meaningful connections with people, but I also don't really feel like I have time. Yeah, no, that is a big thing. <laughs> because of all the overload, it's made me a bad communicator. I usually like try to like, you know, reach out to friends I haven't seen in a while. Like if I see you, haven't seen you in two months, then I'm going to try to like text you and be like, hey, how are you doing? Like personally, um, even though I'll like see you every day on Twitter, whatever, Instagram. So um, I recently like texted one of my friends and like we were texting back and forth for a while. And then suddenly weekends get busy. And like, basically I was like sending her one text a day, but like we kept the conversation going for like five days. And it was like, kind of like, you know, like it feels shitty, but it's, at least we're talking to each other. Yeah. I like, I feel like for me, someone will contact me and be like, yo, let's, let's like talk on the phone. I say I have like maybe four to five friends that don't live in DC that I talk to on the phone sometimes. But 
sometimes we just go for like five weeks without talking mm-hmm. and i feel like such a shithead but also oh my god stop but <laughs> but also it's like a two-way street no i definitely feel like that is another one of the issues is that we have so much anxiety about like reaching out for the first time like am i a weirdo if i text this person that i met at a bar last night you know like why do we get their number you know mm-hmm. so it's like when you're friends it's like you think that like oh my god like this is so weird if i call them just try it and if they're like oh my god this is so awkward then it's like at least you went there and you know that like this isn't the relationship that we have right that's true i think it's also something that is less, you're less likely to reach out to people because it's so easy to do. Essentially, like when you have your phone in your hand, all of your friends are sitting right next to you, right? It's just, you have to like, you know, do the work of reaching out. But because they're always right there and it's so easy, it's kind of like, I feel like that actually makes it less likely for you to do that. Whereas if you are, I can't really imagine a time when it was just phones or something. (laughs) But when my parents were, they... I think dated long distance or were married long distance for like a year or two. And they just, they could just talk on the phone. So I feel like that makes you so much more likely. And this is totally conjecture, obviously, because, you know, I, I, I haven't lived that experience, but I feel like it would make it so much more likely for you to make the effort to like schedule that in because it is harder, yeah. you know? Did you never as a kid like talk to your friends on the phone? No, I still talk to my friends on the phone a lot, right? But because you have all these other avenues, right? If you're going, if it's just like something small, you're never going to actually call them. You know what I mean? Mm. But I mean, like as a kid, kid, like when I was in elementary school and middle school, I would like call my best friends and we would talk for like hours Me too. Hours oh my God. I was like, shit. why would my parents let me do that? Like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, what the hell do I have to say? Like, <laughs> I mean, I definitely talk. I mean, I, I don't think I actually did that very much. I didn't really get like a phone, like my own phone until I went to high school and I was like 14. Right. And then before that, I feel like I just talked to my friends when I was in school. No, I mean like on the house phone. Straight up, like cord, like, yeah, corded. Like <laughs> my wireless, like the wireless, like phone is dying, and I would go mm-hmm. and like switch phones yep. because we've been talking all night. Yeah. Or I would like switch to the cord phone because that one never died. I would pay to be a fly on the wall in that conversation. Like, what the hell were we talking what about? What the like, fuck <laughs> were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so this is a fun story about uh, me like overthinking communication because we were talking about this, like about like what like trying to decide like how like sort of vulnerable you want to make yourself. So I've been dating this new person and like we like it's a stat like we like each other. That's been established. Right. But yesterday I got wrapped up in like the millennial like I don't want to come on too strong or Mm -hmm. care too much game. And I like crafted a whole ass text message to ask if she wanted to like get dinner because my plans canceled. Like I passed it to my friend. Wow. And I was like. How's it like? How's this read to you? Does it read like lackadaisical enough? Like, <laughs> I want to come off as like, like intentional, but not too intentional, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it was it was successful. We did get dinner. Where? So I feel like, for me, it's like that. There definitely was that anxiety there, especially like with dating. That makes everything way worse. Um, but so like, dating like so. I've realized I used to do that. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to like, you know, like seem like I don't like, you know, like I'm coming on too strong. I'll just wait for you to text me, whatever. But like now I'm like kind of like if somebody's into you and they're not interested, like if you text them and they're like, oh, my God, why would he text me this? And it's like that's probably not the best not person for you anyway. Yeah, it's not gonna so work. it's like we're just like putting ourselves like kind of in situations like that where it's like, oh, let me try to present my best self. It's like, no. 
we don't need to present our best selves. Just be yourself and like let people like respond to that. Even you know, like I know that's hard. Like even though I struggle with that, like even right. though I'm like preaching too. This is one of the few ways that I think that we should all probably just be like Isabel. <laughs> Yo, I really think that. Well, first of all, I mean, the issue with texting is just that you have. I think that's literally why people have so much more social anxiety is that you have the time to overthink things because you can wait an hour before you respond to someone, right? So then I, get, I feel like that that raises the bar, right? The standards are higher because you had an hour to think about it. And therefore, you know, you, you want to be as like witty or whatever you're trying to come off as, as possible. Yeah, like you, like the more time you wait between texting somebody, the more you feel like you got to come with something fire. Like, <laughs> like if it's been a day, then I better oh. come through and be like, yo. Oh, I'm the worst. <laughs> if it's been a day, I'm still going to send the same text. I'm going to send five minutes later. <laughs> it seems like you and your friend that you were texting with once a day had an arrangement, though. Like, you had an understanding. Well, we've been friends since high school, so I guess yeah. it's, like, definitely, like, you know, it's, like, not, like, you know, like, she lives in a different state, so it's, like, not, like, you're going anywhere. It's just, like, we're already friends. We don't really, like need to foster that connection as much as like someone that you're either like newly dating or a new friend yeah wait but why why did you think that people should be more like me <laughs> she just wants I, to hear that i hate it the most so much <laughs> i really dislike my co-host <laughs> um, no compliment her I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, you're like, give her her flowers <laughs> um i think that isabel is like really good at just like saying what she means just like not really like putting any bullshit around it and i think that i think like i'm pretty good at that too but i still especially through the medium of text overthink things a lot and mm -hmm. i don't think that like i feel like you read a text and respond to it just like whatever here's i think the main thing that i do with texting that isn't necessarily like the norm is that I literally refuse to let people ghost me, right? If there's people who uh -oh. are not responding to me, <laughs> I will literally just keep texting you. <laughs> I will send you like 10 texts and be like, I'll just keep, you know, if I asked you a question, you didn't answer the question, I'll just keep sending you question marks, you know, like, you know, wow. like once every, like if I, I saw, I'll send it to you at the beginning of the day. And then if you haven't responded by the end of the day, I'll send you another one at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so i'm a, like i'm so i like to host parties at my house and Fine. i'm like a type of like all right i'm gonna send you this invitation like i send my invitation out to everybody like as soon as i meet you i'm like oh you're a cool person yeah come over like let's have some fun yeah um but like it's like if you don't make it to like or like i don't know if like you she's like shifty on like two or three parties and like we're not like that close then i'm just gonna be like all right like you already like you already hit your one party limit for missing and now uh -huh. it's like your second party for missing okay like, we're good <laughs> like i was like i feel like you don't want to come to my parties anymore so like i'm just gonna leave you alone so like mm -hmm. I'll, I'll let you go see but i just like need that like yeah if you're isabel yeah. you'd be like why the fuck aren't you at my party? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get your RCP yet. You're like, yeah, you're, yet. You're like yet. Uh, are you coming to my party, bro? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Ideally, what would communication look like in like everyone's mind? Oh, fuck. I think social media is fun, you know? I think Instagram is fun. But to further incriminate myself, I definitely have posted an Instagram story hoping that a certain person would see it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you're a liar if you've never done that. I mean, I don't post Instagram stories like Isabel, with Snapchat. Isabel's definitely like. never done that. But <laughs> Isabel is also an alien. But, yeah, so I, and I think that my perfect form of communication wouldn't involve, would not involve that, right? Like, I, I ideally would just, like, contact that person mm -hmm. directly and not, like, check to see who's looked at my story. If the person has looked at it, 
not then not do anything still. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think that my like perfect world of communication doesn't like it does include social media. But I think like just for memes and for fun shit. Definitely. I feel that. Okay. For me, I would say my ideal, I mean, my ideal world would just be that I talk to everyone and they all just like live in my house with me. Right. That's a big house. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I would say that the way that I communicate now is, you know, is basically like what I want to be doing, which is that I have, okay, let me explain my system. I have a tier system. So (laughs) I basically have like the people that I, it's kind of like a communicate. I mean, it's like loosely related communication. It's more of like a friendship tiering of like, there's like the people that I will talk to every day, which is like my mom and my boyfriend. And then there's the people that I talk to on a regular basis. There's kind of like a quasi like tier, like tier between one and two that are like the people who are in DC. So I'm kind of de facto like talking to them all the time. So like more than once a week. And then there's like the tier two people for people who are I'm long distance friends with. So I have to, in order to like maintain my relationships with all these people, I need to like have them on a schedule. So then there's like the tier two people who are basically like once every two weeks, I will either Skype with them or call them or something like that. Um, And then everyone else is like tier three. We're all like, you know, I'll totally talk to you on a less than, you know, on maybe like a monthly basis or it just, it's not as regular. It's not like a planned thing, but people who I'll totally, you know, reach out to, or they reach out to me or whatever. Mm -hmm. Are there any people that like don't make any tiers? There's, I think that tier three is kind of a a catch all thing in the sense of like, you know, if I never talk to you, uh, you're still kind of in tier three because I, I, I try to like leave the door open for whoever. So for me, it's like, I definitely feel what both of you guys are saying. I feel like I'm going to take it like even further back where mm. it's like, I want to like get to the point where like, we're like visiting each other's houses unannounced. You know, like I Damn. really love like that wait, wait. Southern I shit. would love that. That is also what I want. That's also <laughs> what I want. Especially because for you, low key, Simone is like a literal homeowner, which is, I feel like extremely rare among millennials. So it's not even like, you know, you're constantly moving around. You're like, this is where you are. Yeah. You know, you have like a home base. Yeah. And like, you know, apartments, like usually there's security or something, but like literally you like knock on my door. It's like, I wish that I had like like office hours where it's just like hey guys I'm home like stop by bring a six pack and like I tweeted about this like you know I really am jealous of like because like when my grandparents they grew up in like this tiny ass town in Virginia so we'll like you know I'll go down with them sometimes it'll just be like me and them too and then we'll go over to like my grandfather's brother's house or like something and like as lo- as long as people know that you're in town it's like you can just show up and just like oh yeah let me get some food out and like let's have like some dinner and let's sit down and like I guess it's because you're retired also but like that would be like my ideal form also with just like I kind of have like the tier system too where it's like I like to like check on people like every couple of months and then I like also like have like oh damn I haven't seen you in like two months so like yeah I'm definitely on that also I feel like this ties into One of my larger critiques of DC, which is that everyone is always booked all the time. Mm. And to like sort of get on someone's schedule, you gotta be like, hey man, you trying to kick it? And he'll be like, Oh yeah, no doubt. Like next Tuesday at seven to nine looks good (laughs) for me. And I hate that like now that I'm here, because I'm from North Carolina, I'm from the South, and like up until I left, my methodology for hanging out was just like texting someone day of and being like, yo, you're trying to kick it. And then but then we kick it and we wouldn't have to have a thing to do, right? We wouldn't have to like go somewhere or like go to a happy hour or whatever. Like we just go over to someone's house and kick it. I don't feel like that happens here a lot. In order to be social in this environment, I've like adapted and now I'm also just booked out. 
right? Like I'm also busy all the time, which is not like, and I also don't feel good about that. No, I definitely feel that. And like, especially like that reminds me of college too, where it's like the same type of culture of just like, let me just text you and see what you're doing. And 30 minutes later, we're hanging out. Yeah. And like, I lived in, in a dorm apartment complex with like my friends on the same hall. And I would just like go and knock on the door and be like, yo, what up? It's lit. Like you're trying to get some food, you know, and I also like agree that like, I think that's like the purest form of communication. Mm -hmm. You'd really have to try to cultivate that kind of situation oh nowadays. Oh my God, it's you so know? tough. Like you would need to like <laughs> contact your neighbors and be like, yo, let's just like start kicking it. And like, yo, you'd have to like all agree to start kicking it. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> and like. It's a whole culture shift. Yeah. And especially like when you think about like the way that we live now, it's just like, it kind of. Like, we all live in apartments. Well, I guess I was going to say with roommates, and, like, that's not an issue, obviously, because, like, that is, like, a form of, like, communication sure. and relationship. But, like, the way that, like, we live, I feel like efficiencies in D.C., where it's basically, like, one person living alone. And, like, I feel like we've forgotten how to meet our neighbors. Like, honestly, I'm going to be honest. I don't know my neighbors. Like, I've seen her. I know what she looks like because I have a semi-detached house. So, technically, I have, like, one neighbor. So, it's, like, I have a semi-detached house. I've seen her. I know what she looks like. But it's, like, not like I've ever, like, knocked on her door and be like, hey, here's a pie or anything. Yeah. So. And when I moved into, like, a full-ass neighborhood, which, you know, I live in, like, a standalone house with, like, some, like, four of, of my really good friends. And yeah, like I also don't know my neighbors, but like that was the opportunity, right? Like I moved into a neighborhood with a family living to the left of me and like, you know, some other people living to the right of me. And yeah, still don't know them. Yeah. But like I should. There's definitely a, and you guys tell me if you remember what I'm talking about. There's this, com there's a stand up comedian who has a bit about this where he's, it's kind of like, he was like, yeah, when I was a kid, you know, like if someone would knock on the door, my mother would be like, oh, get the pie out, everyone, you know, like, you know, make sure you're right. And like, you know, like we got guests, we got to welcome the guests, right? And he's like, now, you know, when someone knocks on your door, you're like, Turn the lights off. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> right? Like, what's so weird is that we live in a society that is so much more, uh, like, what well, was just, which is so much less sort of like dangerous or like, you know, re where we have real re reason to be suspicious of other people. And that you think that that would result in a more open culture. But in fact, we've, we've resorted to being more suspicious and less trusting of people than we did when times were objectively more dangerous, you know? Yeah. The comedian you're talking about is uh, Sebastian Maniscalco mm -hmm. and he, yeah, he made the, like, yeah, he's like, I, the punchline was that like, now if someone comes and knocks on your door, like your whole family like hides on the ground like you like push your grandma on the ground. You're like, shut up, grandma. <laughs> and, and you turn the lights out and you like, you like have a weapon in your hand yeah. and you like creep up and you're like, you like look out the blinds to see like who the fuck is out there. It's like a trick or treater. Yeah. <laughs> I now when I hear, because I live in a group house now, when like someone knocks on the door, I legitimately like, like have a mental struggle. I'm like, damn, am I even like, am I going to answer that? You know, like, like it's not for me. Yeah. Like I'm like, I, I'm not expecting anyone, mm -hmm. you know? And recently, this guy um, knocks on our door in the evening, and, like, I didn't recognize him, and he had a dog, so, like, um, our downstairs neighbor, like, runs a, like, dog sitting business, and sometimes, sometimes she, um, or sometimes the people that come to, like, drop off her dog, or drop off their dogs with her, accidentally come to the front door, because it's all one house, and so I was like, so I was like, oh, he must be dropping off a dog, and he was like, hey, um, I just wanted to stop by and let you know that, like, there was just like this big car accident on the street today. And like, I live at the house over there 
And like, I think someone from your house, like one of their cars got hit. And I was like, damn, what a good ass Samaritan. Right. You know? Yeah. Did he hit the car? Like, what is, why is he being so nice? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) he was, he was working from home and he heard like a big ass car accident Mm -hmm. and he just walked out and saw the aftermath. And it was like this dude that was like high as fuck, like driving a big ass van through like really fast through the neighborhood and like ended up scraping like a bunch of cars on Mm -hmm. the side. And I don't know how he knew that the car that got scraped was like belonged to someone in our house. I think Mm -hmm. that maybe someone had like someone in our house had talked to him before, but yeah, he just came through at like 7 PM on a Friday and was like, yeah, I was like, I just want to make sure you knew. And I was like, damn, my heart is warm. And I feel like my, I wish that my life was more like this. Yeah. I want to speak on like the suspicion part. I just feel like we are so much more suspicious and it's like kind of like because of social media, I feel like, I don't want to, I mean, like I love social media. Do you think it's warranted? I'm sorry. Do you think it's warranted? Like, do we have reason to be more suspicious or are we I don't just know, more like suspicious? Recently on Twitter, I've been seeing all these things about girls getting snatched. So I'm like, maybe like we should be more careful. Like, but girls have always been getting snatched. Well, that's, I mean, I guess we're just hearing about it more. You know, I don't know. People, I feel like with social media, it's easier to like portray a person that you want to be instead of like actually be a person. And I feel like the issue with that is that when you meet someone in person, it's like, Oh no, you're lying. Like, you know, like, you know, somebody has six, five in their bio. It's like, once I meet you, it's like, okay, sir, you are my height. Like, so, you know, like, I think that because of social media, we do have like that weird, like, kind of like, we do have that, like, once you get lied to once, it's like, Mm -hmm. you think, okay, like, are you lying or not? So it's like, once you get burned once, you're like looking like, okay, so we do need to be a little bit more suspicious. So you think you're thinking that like social media has made the average person like more sus of someone else just because of weird interpersonal reactions that they've had with someone on social media. That's what I would assume. Mm -hmm. I also think that, yeah, like we just know, we like know everything you see, like you're seeing all these like women getting snatched on Twitter or like all this talk about women getting snatched on Twitter. And I think that, yeah, maybe like because of the internet, because of the, the dawn of social media, we just know about all the fucked up shit that's always been happening mm-hmm. more. And, you know, when I was growing up, like we watched the news and I knew like, oh yeah, like there was a shooting like across town yesterday. Right. But now like we just know everything all the time. Mm-hmm. We know that like something really fucked up happened in Indonesia. We know like that there's like a, like a mass murderer in Dayton, Ohio or whatever. And maybe that has also contributed to like just the general suspiciousness of other humans. Mm-hmm. Isabel, do you feel when someone knocks on your door, do you feel sus? I wish people knocked on my door. No one knocks on my door. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, live in an apartment building. But I do, I don't know. Would you count the, those uh, like exaggerations or making your life like curated on social media? Would you count that in, like a, as a lie? No, I wouldn't say because like I feel like you should share things that you want to share. It's like you shouldn't be forced to be like, oh man, I had a terrible day today, and like I have to like balance that out because like you know like I said I had too many good days, and like I want to make my life like exactly how it is represented. But like you don't have to do that. But like I'm talking about like lies where it's like you actually like not lying by omission, but actually like lying. Mm-hmm. Like maybe saying like, oh, I have this job, I make this much money, or like things like that where it's like these are facts that you are like distorting because i feel like the proportion of people who lie is probably the same it's just that you have more access to more information yeah right? I feel that. so like you just 
have more exposure to people in all the various types of communication mm -hmm. they're doing, whether it's lying or being truthful or whatever, in a way that you didn't necessarily have before. And I feel like on a sim in a similar vein, like when you're talking about like the news and seeing all of these people like getting snatched or you know, these, these, these mass shootings or whatever, right? Like I feel like that is distorting because we have this negativity bias, A, but also because you, it's so hard for us to... Uh, conceptualize any kind of scale because like, you know, maybe you hear of a hundred, you know, like shootings, right? But you have no idea how to put that in context of, okay, how many people are in America? What proportion is that? And has it been going up over time or down over time? You just hear of a hundred people and you're like, oh my God, a hundred is a big number. Yeah. But maybe it's actually really a small number. Right. Like, you know, we, we do legitimately are at like a low in terms of violent crime of, you know, that we've like, you know, I think a universal low, like it's like at lows that it's never unprecedented. Right. But because you hear about it so much, you just see the big number and you have no ability to really put it in context. Right. Yeah, Cause you're that. like, Oh, a hundred compared to all the people I know. Well, most people can only really know like 150 people. Yeah. Right. So like, but you I have to put it in the context of the 350 million people, you know, 350 million people like in America. Right. Which, means that it's like maybe 0.0001% or something, yeah. you know? Yeah, so what I tweeted about recently was like um, communication. A lot of people on Twitter, they'll say like communication has gotten worse, reading comprehension is at an all-time low and things like that. And I'm like, maybe it's not. Maybe we're just communicating more so we're realizing the faults in our communication more. Communication, I mean, it certainly hasn't gotten worse, right? That's just not true. Yeah. I mean worst as defined like as defined as like people like literally being able to like be articulate and communicate with each other like that can't be true right like yeah. as as a 10 year old i was certainly not crafting tweets and like <laughs> and like i didn't have an online met like you know and that's just like that i guess what i'm saying is that like reading comprehension is i think more so a part of like the the kids lives now than it ever was before definitely um but I mean, then again, maybe it's just like all slang and bullshit. So maybe it's like, <laughs> so maybe it's not actually like helping them with reading comprehension. Mm -hmm. Well, like 10 year olds are probably the same kind of idiots that 10 year olds are today. It's just that 10 year olds today have Twitter accounts and you can see them being idiots as opposed to before when they're just like, you know, in their houses or hanging out with their friends. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, we were certainly like not these highly intelligent, literate people when we were that age because but also like no one we weren't out embarrassing ourselves because we didn't have this like literally permanent record of everything we've said <laughs> right since we were like you know on social media at whatever age the kids are on social media now have you do you watch black mirror i do do you remember the episode where um i think it was in like season two or three where they were living in a society where everyone was being raided yes that was like one of my least favorite episodes yeah so there's an episode where uh, they live in a society where everyone has like a, a rating out of five stars and your rating like dictates your access to certain goods. Like there are there's a restaurant and like only four star and above people can be in this restaurant. It's like a nice restaurant. Like it dictates where you can live and like where you can rent, you know, like, oh, this is a, this is a three star housing complex or whatever. Um, and it was pretty terrifying because I feel like that future isn't 
far-fetched. Yeah. I mean, when you think about like Instagram and like the power that it has, it's crazy. Like people can literally have like full-time jobs on Instagram, just posting and stuff. And it's because the amount of followers that they have, the amount of engagement that they have. And like, when you realize that that can yield income, it's definitely going to come with consequences. People are saying that's already a thing in China, right? With like Mm -hmm. Sesame credit. And if you're like a political dissident, they're going to try to like downgrade you or whatever. But I think that because we're so worried i tend to be more skeptical of those kinds of like dystopian you know future things because like we are thinking and talking about it now because we're scared of it now i think that is in and of itself why it probably isn't going to manifest itself that way because right now you know this is right like we are creating that future now and if we're worried about it now i do think that there are going to be people who really care about it and are going to try to prevent that vision of the future from actually coming to fruition. I feel like that does make a slight difference, but it's tough to say that it will like change the masses. Cause like if most people are following it, even if we see the issues with it, then it's hard to like, you know, well also it's not necessarily the other thing is that it's not necessarily the right people who are caring about it. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I think the thing that's scary about the fact that everyone is more and more living online and like through these platforms that those are all companies. Someone owns that space as opposed to someone doesn't own the space where you're like, you know, outside walking around talking to someone that you, who's your neighbor, right? That's a more kind of democratic or like unowned like space for you to be moving through as opposed to in all of these, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, those are all mediated. They're all censored. You know, they have someone who's kind of responsible for that space and irresponsible for coming up with the algorithms that serve you the content, right, that your friends are producing, right? So I think that's the thing that potentially would yield that dystopian future. Yeah. Because who, who are we to have any kind of real influence over what Facebook will decide to do with that platform, right? Because it's not really our platform. It's their platform, you know? And if they can make money off of it, they'll probably do it. That's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Simone, so much for being on the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. I had a great time and like, maybe I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, please come back. I I really want to start investigating sort of the idea of like having repeat guests, you know, because I think that like people are more like are experts in more than one thing, experts, quote unquote, or people have cool opinions on more than one thing. So I had a great time talking with you today. Same, same. Shouts out to your podcast, Nice to Meet You podcast. It is, yes. My podcast is called Nice to Meet You. It can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and also followed at NTMY Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I admittedly am going to follow it immediately after we record this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And recommend it to all my friends. And recommend it to all my friends. (laughs) (laughs) And as I said, check about Isabel's episode. It is episode 51. Yeah, it's about death. And we talk about, (laughs) yeah, the death positive movement and a whole bunch of millennial shit. Favorite topic. (laughs) Um, Thanks, man. Thank you. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you don't already follow us, follow us at I'm the Villain Pod at on Twitter and Instagram. Um, shoot us an email at I'm the Villain Pod at gmail.com. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts because like it's lit. Um, thanks for listening to season three, yo.